Welcome to Breaking Bread. Keep you informed. I'm Terry Page. Well, I tell you what, there's been a crazy week with the stock market. We're going to talk about the five days gone by. With me today is Jose Angelis, and he actually was my field producer for the early days of Breaking Bread. When you see me on the field talking about the tax increases and the arts, he was the man behind all that, and I certainly do appreciate it. But he also has a passion for the money market and stocks. So he's here with us today, and we're going to have that discussion. Jose, welcome to the show. Hey, man, thank you for inviting me. Now in the other side. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, now you see what happens, you know, after that production part takes place, you know. Yeah, no, and thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Hey, glad to have you here. You know, like I just in my introduction, you know, we're talking about the market, you know, with, with the COVID-19, things are different than they were this time even a year ago. No one really predicted the situation we would be in right now. And right now people are going, man, what's going to happen? We talk about schools reopening, businesses, maybe working at half capacity, that sort of thing. So people are just kind of, you know, with a, a bit of state of confusion, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's uh, confusing, and this is a time that I would recommend anybody to just think about it. Like, be prepared. Uh, just uh, focus a little bit. Instead of just, like, be panic or do panic. Like uh, Just keep a level head. Yeah, exactly. This is, um, and um, the, the reason that I'm saying this is everything is the stock market for me. And uh, we're talking about now money makers uh, and how money is, uh, is around with this difficult moment. And uh, I'm going to tell you something very quick. Um, we got in the end of March, we got the market uh, crash. Everybody, everybody got panic. Even people uh, selling uh, all the stocks because they got they got panic. And actually, right now, the the market, uh, I would say, close of the whole market is very up right now. It's very high, all time high in the very big popular companies. Do you think that really comes from consumer confidence or the confidence of the investors, the reason that it's high like that, or you attribute to something else? The smarter investor, they bought in that time instead of selling. That's what they did. For example, right now, there is like uh, more billionaires that they were close to get a billion <laughs> of dollars. And now well, when they bought that low and the money came back again, they said it, it changed their life. Well, here's my thing. And I've always had the philosophy that when you have a stock, keep an eye on it, but don't panic. Because the, the market is going to have its highs and lows. That's just what it does. That is the beast of it all. So when you panic and you sell off like that, who knows? You could have made a mistake. And if someone else, like in this case, you buy a stock low, then it goes high, then you have a very nice-looking portfolio. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that, my friend. Yeah, the, uh, like I mentioned, uh, for me, everything is a stock market. Every news changes, uh, good or bad. Uh, things, dif events that happen in the world changes or move a stock or a company, how they move around. And uh, in talking about billionaires, I just want to bring here that, um, for example, um, Warren Buffett, I think uh, you know about Warren Buffett, right? I'm not very familiar with Mr. Buffett. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, the most popular investor in the whole world, or history of the stock market, actually. Uh, that He bought his first stock at 12 years old, I think 13 years old. Okay, that's 
I get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is, um, instead of God panic, he started buying instead of selling. So that's what I'm saying. And uh, and how the billionaires got way more money now. Well, I, I tell you what, part of that, from what you said, is that gold prices rose to a new closing record for the first time since 2011. And when that happened, people took advantage of that as well. Speaking of the, the stock market and billionaires, I can tell you every rich person in the top 50 made money mm-hmm. in the stock market. Not just Warren yeah. Buffett. We're talking Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Larry Page. They're all up there. <laughs> so it's not just their company. It's the stock market. And we're going to hear a couple of those names a little bit later in our show when we talk about the judiciary hearing that took place where some of those tech companies are under fire for what the Congress is saying or the committee is saying, rather, uh, unfair business practices. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that moment um, because uh, that's the most um, interesting part of this week that happened. And, of course, uh, the Kodak uh, event. <laughs> that's a two Kodak was a big one. I mean, that <laughs> came out of nowhere. You went from $2 a share to this company that no one was really talking about to this big surge. I mean, you got shares of Kodak that, that went up more than 50% in extended trading, and the stock more than tripled this past week. So it's got investors going, wow, now if you, if you were there when the stock was low, perfect. But if you came in on the back end, you weren't. But you got $765 million uh, in loans to start producing the drug ingredients under the Defense Production Act. So you're looking at those generic drugs, so we'll see what happens with Kodak. And generic products. Yeah, exactly. Now, no one really knows what they're doing, what's happening with that. And that's the thing. I'm sure we'll be bringing that up again on a later program. As a matter of fact, I can tell you, let me pull up the, the, the president's tweet here. He says, he says, our 33rd use of the Defense Production Act will mobilize Kodak to make generic active pharmaceutical ingredients. And then he went on to say, well, we'll bring back our jobs and we will make America's the world's premier medical manufacturer and supplier. So we'll see. Let's see. Yeah. See, I, I really want to see what is coming out of all of this. Yes. Now, I will say I kind of wish I was one of those investors that was. At the $2. Yeah. Yeah. At the $2. Did you invest by any chance in the, in the $2? No, no. I couldn't do it. They didn't have the $2? <laughs> <laughs> What's the projection? I, I didn't believe the news will show up, and I didn't believe that it went. I, I saw it at $7, to be honest, uh, when it start, when the news uh, showed up. So the next day, I said, like, let me take a look. And it, it opened at 17 when the market opened that Tuesday. And then uh, when I saw it again, it was like about $30. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, like, you know what? I don't know if the moment that I buy is going to go down because uh this is a difficult stock to anticipate movements. Well, you never know. I mean, think about it. At one point, Apple's stock was lower. Google's stock was lower. And you know, look where we are right now. But in, in that case, you can see a, um, a projection of sales with growth, with capital investments. You see, you, 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 have, uh, you have something to look at it. Sure. But when you go with Kodak, with a news that nobody understands what type of products they're going to do, pharmaceutical, they, they do cameras, uh, they will... They, film, they, that's what they're known for, film. Yeah, and, and they, they were... They make decisions at that time, that's why they were in the position that they were in. And let me use this uh, sentence. 
they were out of the picture in <laughs> all of this <laughs> situation <laughs> about COVID. So and and not only that, they they weren't that good doing the transition to all digital, like back back in two thousand eight six, when the when everybody was making the transition to digital, they stayed with the traditional film and pictures. They totally slept on that one. They totally missed the boat. And you know, before that, they were the innovators. They were cutting edge. But you know, which is an example to business owners. Sometimes it just takes one error to really take in the other direction. Yeah. And that's what happened with, with Kodak. You know, I'm sure my parents can tell you all about it and how that was the whole thing with the film industry. And at, at that time, it was Kodak and Fuji was the big one, yeah. the big competitor. And now we're having an entirely different conversation <laughs> with that. Now they're related to pharmaceuticals. Now they're related to pharmaceutical, exactly. But yeah, going back to what you said earlier, uh, I totally agree with you how the, the market, it all goes full circle and what's going on with the economy. If you're a person, if you're, depending on what side you're on with the job numbers, whether you're employed or unemployed, really affects on how much you're going to care about the market or not. So let's say you don't have a job, your concern's going to be, hey, I'm just trying to get a job. I don't really care what the market's doing right now. True. And then the other side of it is, well, hey, my business is doing well. I can now hire people to do the job, and now you can make money. So it's all a balance. But again, with the COVID-19 situation, people are uncertain. What are we going to open? What are we not going to open? And now people are just uneasy, and things like that can affect the market. So it all comes full circle. Now, the, the market's not the economy, but at the same time, you do want to keep an eye on the job numbers in the economy. I want to say something, Terry. Um, that what has been happening with the market in the last couple of years is everything is, is about projections now. How many customers the company is going to have, how many sales are, go, are projecting. And uh, with the COVID situation and not having a job and uh, you don't have the money to buy, uh, let's say, uh, a Netflix subscription, to buy um, uh, products in Amazon or, or, or several things that are company that they sell. Or those projections, when the unemployment is high, that means money, is, it won't be moved. So that's, that's the part because it's not the, the real issue. It's part of the issue that is happening or is going to be happening. So you're saying that as far as the economy goes with the projections, it's how we're doing those projections. But they're, but they're hard to do. Well, not economy, stock market. Uh, stock market, excuse me. But it's hard to do because you don't know really sometimes, let's say, what a governor of a state may decide to do or where they're going to open, which makes it really hard for yeah. business owners to make a, a decision. I'm going to give you an example right now that is happening very big is with Coca-Cola. Everybody knows about Coca-Cola. It's an amazing product. Many people love it. But right now they are not selling. You will say, like, oh, I can go to a supermarket and buy one Coke. Yeah, but the main point is all the stadiums around the world that needs to sell Coca-Cola. They, they are not open. They are not playing, or at least with fans. Where many sports are out there. Yeah, the virtual fans don't buy as much. No, okay. it will be difficult for them. Right. So th that's that's one a good example. About, so Coca-Cola right now is struggling. So what they do in their earnings report when they talk to all the investors is about projection. Well, they're projecting in 2021 when everything go back or get getting back to normal. Uh, somebody will go and many 
uh, governments are letting to go to the stadium in, in Europe now. Uh, I studied in October in England or the UK. They could go to like I would say twenty percent or ten percent. Uh, they are talking about how much percentage of the stadium. Right now in Korea, the baseball games they are doing it with some fans. I think it's twenty percent of the full stadium. So that's the people that is going to be buying Coke's products. Here's the interesting part, though. I mean, you look at projections. You're talking every quarter, like three months out. Mm-hmm. You're looking at making projection of your money. That's hard. You, you don't know. I've, are we going to be filling the stadiums in in three months? Is is Kodak going to do something where we can go? Hey, <laughs> we got these generic drugs now, so now we can go to the ball game and buy all this Coca Cola. And and that and you're right. It, with that example, and there's there's many many other examples. Look at O Magazine. They announced December we're done. That's the last publication. It all goes full circle. Why? Because people aren't really going to the doctor's office, picking up that magazine. Yeah. They're not traveling. For goodness' sake, you can ask you can ask the airlines how that's working out. So you're not in the airport reading your magazine. So guess what? Sales are down. So they're just like, hey, this this just call it a day because this is not working for us. In the realm of this pandemic. Yeah, That's exactly right. That is what is happening uh, right now. And uh, you said the sample of uh, Oprah magazine. And uh, my mom re- uh, readers a lot. So that's sad for her. Oh, <laughs> she's going to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, but everything is now digital or is turning digital. So I remember the time when uh, you go to a store and you buy a book but nowadays, you have six different versions. You want Kindle, you want it in Apple, you wanted, uh, you you wanted to see it in the cell phone, you wanted to see it in a tablet, you wanted to uh, put it in the screen of the TV. I saw that one too. <laughs> so there's too many versions, that, and that's why everything is turning digital. Well, I can tell you, as an author, I look at all those different formats, and I think about that when I'm that when I'm having a book published because it all makes it all makes a difference. Right. I would like to turn our attention again as we look at the the five days gone by. I want to look at that Hall's Judiciary hearing. You've got the three top CEOs up there pleading their case of or why their company should not be bothered by this this hearing. You know, you had the CEO of, of Google, Sundar um, Pichai. You had Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. You had Apple CEO Tim Cook. And they, you know, they brought up some really um, good points to why they should, you know, not be bothered by any of this. Now, it's interesting. Now, to me, the way the committee came at them, they were looking at it more of a, of a consumer standpoint, like the consumers being hurt. And I still don't think they get it. They didn't really get it when Mark Zuckerberg uh, I think it was back in April when they were getting on him about Facebook. They did better at answering the questions this time around. But to me, I think they should look more about the seller because that's really, to me, the, the, the real con- uh, customer for Amazon because Amazon's taking a cut from, I think it's maybe 15% when you're selling a product. So that's really your customer. But they're looking at it more of a of a consumer. Um, well, <sighs> And I love that uh, that hearing. Uh, for me, like, it was <laughs> like watching a movie. Uh, five hours for me was like half an hour. Do you think the CEOs uh, loved it as much as you did? I don't think so. No. That way. But they were part of the game. 
Um, so yeah, continuing with that question, um, I will go, I'm going to use exactly the the Amazon example that you gave. What the, the main issue that the Congress is watching here is what they do with other companies. They get the data from the company, the, from the third party company, and with that data or an information, they do a new product that is cheaper or better coming from Amazon products. And uh, it's helping the customer in that way that uh, it will be cheaper. How many Kindles you will see <laughs> around right. the world and then uh, like for $20 or, or $30. <laughs> and then you will see that uh, everything is coming from Amazon. So they're, they're using the information from the third party to make a better product and cheaper. So that's what the Congress is doing. Of course, Jeff Bezos uh, will answer like, that's that's not true, it won't happen that way. Um, we, we try to be fair to everybody. Well, th- that's what he says, And but they're saying that he's not being fair. And if you look at it, they really have a, a, a huge monopoly over it. And they did take Jeff Bezos to task on some things. For example, if they say something that's it. You really don't have any type of recourse. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'll talk about that more in a minute, but more specifically with Amazon, they gave the example of this woman who published several books. She worked hard to get five-star ratings, and she was loved by the readers. All of a sudden, they just pulled her book without an explanation. So she asked them, well, why? And there were, I believe, 35 communications to Amazon, including to the CEO himself, there were two communications. They all went unanswered. What do you do? Your your part of your livelihood is gone. You don't know why. And who do you go to? What, what other outlet do you have to get your book out there? And they presented that to Jeff Bezos. And his response was, whoa, well, I, I didn't know about this. Uh, I will reach out to this this person. This should never happen. And they always give that type of answer. But the point being, well, no, this is just an example of what's been going on. You said something, now her product is gone, and there's nothing else she can do about it. And that's what they're trying to, the point they're trying to get across with judiciary hearing. Now, it, it goes beyond Amazon. Let's say, for example, your livelihood is just depending on something like your uh, Uber. Uh, for example, you're driving Uber, and uh, let's say that Uber or Lyft decides to change the rules or whatever. Again, you have no recourse. This is your sole livelihood, but they decided to do something. Now your livelihood is gone. Where do you go? What do you do? And on the other side of this, though, does the government tell people how to run their business? What is really the answer between all this? And that's what they're trying to get to. Yeah, that's the main point of this, of uh, uh, regulation, better laws, and uh, more um, there, there is no... Uh, the free competition, that's the word that they want to, to to put out there. Like there is a free competition, especially in the United States. But to be honest, they, the Congress, led the, these companies, let's use the Facebook example, to buy other companies like Instagram, like WhatsApp, Messenger. So now they're saying it's a monopoly with uh, Amazon. They know what they are doing and they led uh, third parties to go with them and get the data for well not the part of the data but to get involved in that website the same thing you led uh, to um, to do all of this you have your book I think you have your book in Amazon oh absolutely and uh, you're still there they have any ratios no but I'm still there I don't know after this podcast what might happen <laughs> but for right now surely you thought of this is on Amazon and still doing well 
and they led to do that. So um, if this is an issue, they need to do the report, the, the Congress need to do the report to Amazon and that the lady, they need to pull it back. The book needs to be there. Well, yeah, in, in, in that particular example, and, and that, like they were the point they were making, there were many others. You're listening to Breaking Bread. With us today is Jose, Jose Angelias, and we'll be right back. If you're looking to start a podcast, I have something that should help. It's Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. What makes it easy? Well, for starters, it's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Here's what's really cool. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place. Download the free Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to Breaking Bread. I'm Terry Page, along with Jose Angelius. And we were talking about the judiciary hearings as we discussed the five days gone by. And I want to touch base on Google. Over 85% of online searches go through Google. Now, now, most of the companies in the U.S. depend on Google to reach users. I mean, Breaking Bread included. We depend on Google to get the, get the word out there. Now, companies are saying Google are stealing their content. That's one of the things that the committee was accusing Google of. Uh, most companies asked to, to stay anonymous for fear retaliation, but these are some of the things that they brought up. Now, another thing that the committee brought up, uh, they said the entrepreneur Brian Warner was his name. He said that his business was striving until Google stole his content, after which traffic dropped 80%. So he had to downsize his business. He had to lay off his staff. And that kind of goes with, well, about half the staff he had to lay off. And it goes back to what we were saying before as far as how everything is in balance with each other. So it's cause and effect. One thing happens. In this yep. case, we're talking about Google. They say hurt this man's business, so that this man had to lay off. Now you've got part of the workforce out of the job. But these are some of the things that they're trying to um, combat. Now, I will say in their defense, their CEO says that although they're being accused of this, their business model does work to serve the interest of the public and their users and that the business model sells ads, which they may give the users for a more relevant search. And that's their argument on that one. So the provider and, and, and the search as well, it, it helps them be more profitable with those ads. So that's the thing. And then we're under task. I mean, Google's taken the task that primarily by the Rhode Island uh, congressman, I believe his name is um, David Sintelein. Uh, so he also says that they're um, being, when they were being threatened by vertical search back in the day, that they took action to shut that down. So whenever a competitor tries to go against Google, they shut it down, and that way Google stays dominant. And again, that's why they're trying to put a stop to this or at least slow it down, have some regulations, or get some type of other companies in here so it doesn't have such a, such a monopoly. Uh, for, for, me, for me, Google is the the one that is getting all the heat here because of that specific that, that oh, uh, I'm going to use, let's say, uh, a company here, um, whatever, selling uh, cars, let's say that, a dealership. So they're saying like, okay, you're going to use my commercials, but if you don't do that, uh, nobody will search you in Google. Google right now it has a 85%, you mentioned it, yes. 85% of all the, all the search engines in the world. Goes through Google. That's, that's, a pretty big, that's a pretty big number. 
and that's why they're that's where they're concerned. And what and what if Google decides they're not going to use your product or they don't like you for some reason? Now you would be out of the picture. Yeah, you're out of the picture, and you're you're laying off employees and what have you. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. You know? So it'll be interesting how it turns out. Um, I don't really see a whole lot coming from this, but it is good to kind of see how it how it plays out. Well, what I read is this is just like a reminder of uh, hey, we're here. The Congress saying like hey, we're here, but vote for me. Nobody thinks that actually something very bad will happen. But let's Look, see. I've, I've I've always said this, not just in this in this particular case, but in general. And that is this. You cannot punish the rich people. How do you think they got rich? They're smart. You could come at them with all this crazy stuff. Oh, we're just going to raise your taxes. They'll figure a way out. Yeah. Back in the day, um, trying to think, it was during the, I believe it was during the Bush administration. Don't quote me on that one. But they said, okay, we're going to tax the yachts because all the rich people use yachts and we're going to tax the yachts. And the rich people said, okay. So what we're going to do then is we're now going to buy the yacht overseas and all, all those employees in America who are helping with the yacht are now out of a job, but I'm still rich. Who do you really hurt? Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it, it, it's just, just, just forget about it. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So uh, the, the, the other one is about Apple. Um, for me, Apple, the, the, uh, many people are saying that this is the one that actually could get something from here because uh, they're charging 30% of er every earning of any app that is in the app store. And we were talking about uh, earlier that uh, they are changing the rules of the developers for them, like to, to benefit uh, more uh, Apple. Right. That was one thing you're being accused of. Now, Tim Cook came back and said, well, we're trying to protect our users. We want to make sure that their privacy is protected. So in order to do that, we have to make these changes. Now, the users are saying, the developers are saying, well, yeah, you're doing this, and, and sometimes we can't adjust that quickly, and it's really affecting us negatively, <laughs> in, yeah. in other words. But he says some other things, too. I mean, he, he previously did defend uh, Apple. You know, he Basically, he said that they don't have a dominant share in any market where they do business. He's very serious about privacy and, and, and creating new features. That's the whole thing with the App Store. He's, uh, now, the App Store was introduced, what, 2008, right? They Something had, like that. Yeah, they had like 500 apps then. To that, at that time, there was a lot. But he said the App Store provides a safe way for users to get more out of their phone. So he's talking about innovation, and he's talking about the distribution options, whereas before with the brick-and-mortar stores, they charged high fees, they had limited reach, you had physical items at that time, like CDs, they had to be shipped, they were hard to be updated. And the App Store developers set pricing for apps that never had to pay for any type of shelf space. So developers keep 100% of the money that they made. So that was his argument. So in other words, Apple is a good thing for the public. Well, um, I mean, uh, to be honest, I know, uh, <laughs> I know the hearing um, is just to talk about mono Monopoly, but... Apple has done very good things, especially with music. I know you love you love you love music a lot. I do. And um, the Apple store, uh, not the Apple, the Apple Music. Uh, I'm trying used to figure to out how to do a program on music without getting sued. But go ahead. <laughs> used to be iTunes. Yeah, used to be iTunes. So uh, that's a way to to make the transition to digital. Uh, and uh, with uh, all the CDs, all the albums, everything that was out there, 
uh, for the artist that you can have a digital, that's a transition that Apple is start. Yeah, and, and right, and, and you know, and look, Apple's gonna be around a long time, so I'm not worried about Apple. They're gonna get through this yeah. just fine. I want to, uh, in the time that we have left, there's a few things I want to go over. One of them is is Facebook. Um, Mark Zuckerberg did have some points in his opening statements, and I'm going to tell you what some of those were, and I'm going to tell you what I think the motivation is behind those. And here's what he said. He said the most popular um, messaging system is iMessage. So he says it's not Facebook, it's iMessage. He said the faster and growing app, is TikTok. The most popular app for video is YouTube. The fastest growing ad platform is Amazon. That's another thing. They were like pointing fingers yeah. at each other, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that's what I said. That, that's why I said this is a movie. Right. It's I a mean, one big movie. And he said and the largest ad platform is Google. And there we go again with the finger pointing to the people who are actually in the hearing with them. And for every advertising dollar spent in the U.S., less than 10% is with Facebook. Here's what I think he's going with that. I believe that he's frustrated that he's not getting, because he wants to be the dominant force. He wants to control all those things. That's why they bought WhatsApp. That's why they bought, who was it? Instagram. Instagram. And Messenger. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and because they want to be the dominant force, whenever somebody does something, Facebook will take that from them and then run with it. Well, and bring the snap. Have you ever heard of Periscope, right? So and 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 you can say what happened with the Snapchat, the stories now. The, there is an Instagram that's a copy the yeah. the innovation from a Snapchat. Yeah, all that because he wants to be the dominant force, and and that's where we are on that. Yeah, I mean, and and, and uh, well, um, I'm going to say this. I love the company Facebook. I'm not a big fan of the app to be honest, but with the with Facebook company, the growing that they have, the, the ads, the, they, they are dominant in their sector. And Instagram now is going to bring the Instagram shops uh, that you can buy from the pictures. I, and I'm not worried about Facebook either. They're going to be just fine. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg went on to say that, again, more with the finger, the finger pointing. When Google bought YouTube, they could compete again with the cable industry and all this other stuff, Walmart. Um, Kroger, they could compete with Amazon by them buying Whole Foods, and the list goes on. Hey, I'm going to say something very quick about Facebook. If they survive what Cambridge Analytica did to them uh, about the, the the presidential election, great point. They, they will survive anything. So don't worry about Facebook. We got about um, just about two minutes left here, Jose, and I believe you want to say something about the stocks. Well. Um, the stock picking, uh, that's for me, is very important. Uh, the first thing, the first rule that you need to have for uh, to pick your stock, you need to understand it. <laughs> and you need to like them because you need to be reading all the news and you need to be patient. Uh, the other thing is um, you need to look if they are growing, how good or big they are in their own sector. And, um, of course, the most important thing is about the price of the stock. Is in discount or is already in the highest time of the of the market. You don't, you don't want to buy high and sell low. Exactly. <laughs> it's the other way. But the way to compare is about 20% lower than the highest price. Well, if you, to me, I'm going to invest in something that I enjoy and, and probably will use because I'm going to care more about that stock by doing it that way as opposed and to... And enjoying the news, enjoying the movement and understand how the product works because uh, yeah. we, we were talking... I don't know. I don't know a lot about oil, so I'm not going to invest in oil. 
even now that there is, is a little bit low, I don't know how, what, what is it, the distribution of our oil? Where is it going right now? Yeah, well, it's low with the, the COVID, not as many people are traveling. Exactly. Um, now, it is higher than what it was last week, but compared to what it was a year ago, it's a lot lower. And then when I start reading the news, because I need to be reading and I need to be to be ready when the price drop and why, because I'm not going to drop and saying like, oh, probably we're going bankruptcy. And then, oh, yeah, the price is low. Of course, it's going <laughs> to be low. So we need to be reading all of that. So that's the main point of uh, understand and enjoy a company. And you select that one. And of course, try to look for the right price for you. Of course. You know, like those 50 top rich cats did, you know, exactly. buy low and sell high. Exactly that. Well, Jose, thanks so much for having this discussion. This is fun. I don't know. Thank you for bringing me here. I hope I see you soon. Yeah, I hope so, too. I know we both have a passion about the market and, and the numbers. So I thought this would have been a, a good thing to, to get out to our listeners. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at Breaking Bread 101. That's break, the letter N as in November, Bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread 101. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig Van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. Until next time. 